God, good evening. I'm gonna use English today, as all other days. Who is happy for that language? Okay, I I like it. I like to write in it, read in it. It's just easier than Russian. Russian is wonderful, beautiful language that nobody can get right sometimes. <laughs> But anyway, so I'm really happy to be here. I'm happy. It's I don't know why, but it really gets really warm in here. You know, like on this spot. I know because you're nervous or if you're feeling adrenaline, whatever that is, the lights. I I know people tell me it's the lights, but I don't know. I kind of feel it's it's the stress. So I like I like it here. So let's start start with praying uh, because we can't can't get anything without prayer right if we will ask then we'll receive and and I just want to ask God to change us a little bit more to pull us closer to him to change us into his image more today God Father we thank you that you are here today we we know that without you that we can't get anything Lord anything good Lord we can't change to a better state, to a better image, God. We cannot change towards your image, Lord, without without your, not just help, God, but without your presence, without your, without you doing it, Lord. And that's why we ask you to, to teach us, to speak through me, God, and, and, and to also let us hear with your ears, Lord, so that we would not be somebody who who sees that but doesn't understand and he, but and, and, and can't, can hear, Lord. I ask you, Father, please help us be with us, open up our hearts, open up our minds so that we would, we would be open to you, so that we, would let, let, so that we would let you mold us today, God, so that we would let you change us today, God, so that we would, we would let you tell us how the matters really are, where our heart is, where is this world, Lord, what the Bible really tells us. God, we just, we just trust ourselves into your hands, God. We just commit ourselves to you, Lord, and, and we want to accept from you what is truthful god what is what is faithful what is what is true god we want we want those treasures god from you lord in the name of jesus we pray amen so i want to tell tell you guys something if you if somebody doesn't like what i'm saying or i'm going to preach today then let me know after the service and otherwise i'm going to assume that you just loved it because it's going to be easier for me that way. But I wanted to start uh, with, with a quick kind of example from my life. I, I don't know if you guys, if any of you noticed that I might be limping, all right, or like catching my foot. Huh? You did? Okay, well, one person did. That's good. Two people. So, I mean, it, it, it's really true. So the reason is that I went to to a to a doctor that told me that you know some bones are misaligned and whatever and and they were stuck for like years and and um and and it's interesting like over eight years i mean i i started feeling the pain now but my body functioned just fine and and it was like my right foot was sitting sorry for the medical details but you know you have to enjoy it because i'm talking right <laughs> i have no choice but but my right foot was or leg was sitting like a centimeter higher than my left one, and so my whole body in eight years adjusted to that, 
you know, it, for like for like seven years, I was fine, and then the eighth year, uh, I started feeling pain, right? And then I go to the doctor and I try to figure out what's wrong, and he tells me, "Well, I think your leg bone length is off." And I was like, "God, I don't want I don't want that to be off." You know, I just like that type of person that that wants things to be perfect. And so I was praying and praying. He goes, "You know, it's like the chances that you have." bones that are perfect it, in like in the whole my practice I only met 14 people and it's usually once a year and I just had a guy like a month ago so your chances are like really low and I'm like don't say that don't say that I'm just gonna go I'm just gonna leave right now and so anyway I mean it turns out my bone like bone length is perfect which is praise God because I was really really happy about it but but it but it's like Certain some things, some discs or something they got stuck in, and then your body started like, hey, this is the way it is for, it's been this for years, and I'm going to just adjust to it. And so when they corrected it, when they, when they you know, pulled out the legs t- to be perfect, uh, I don't know if I gained an inch. Did I look six feet tall? No? <laughs> no, okay. Well, anyway, it wasn't that good. But uh, thanks for not lying to me. You guys are always so honest. So anyway, so now, now I'm walking, and now I feel like I'm limping, but now everything's perfect, but now I'm limping, and before I wasn't limping, and I was like, what's wrong? But my shoes, one of the, my shoes would always wear out, like, months earlier than the other one, but, but now everything's right, and, and my right foot is always tripping. I mean, like, I'm always catching either the, the, the you know, the, the toes or, or, the, or the heel, right? And I'm like, well, everything's right now, but why is it feeling different? And and kind of got started telling me that this is how we are in 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 the spirit sometimes because when we learn certain things or somebody you know you know got something into us very early in the childhood or maybe early in our Christian childhood, and and we start we we're limping initially, but we don't know what it's you know what's limping and what's walking right and. And then with some time, we start adjusting to it, and, and, and we start thinking it's normal, even though it's not. And then when somebody sets us straight, which is God, only God can do it, then we start limping, and we think, man, this is off, and we start rejecting that situation, right? And it's all, you know, it's all fine and easy to understand when you see x-rays and when you kind of know a little bit of the anatomy and stuff like that, but in the spirit, it's it's so hard to, what is your x-ray, right? Where do you, how do you measure stuff? And, and that's the Bible. Um, and so what I want to do today is like, I'll tell you this, after I got the adjustments, every time I leave, I have a little bit more pain than I did before, but then it gets better. And, and then when you get those adjustments, man, it feels like bones are breaking and, you know, it's just like (laughs) brutal. So, I hope that I can do that to you today, you know, or to some of you. If somebody is stuck in something, I know I am. I know I get stuck like that. I know I need to get adjusted. So pretty sure all of us are. So if you're going to hurt or if you're going to have more questions than you did before you, you know, before you came, then that's awesome. Just just so you know. <laughs> okay. So the name, um, I kind of named this, I changed the name of this sermon multiple times, but I was like, in the end, I, was, I, I thought it, maybe I'm going to call it something like, did Jesus really mean that? You know, did you, did you hear that? Somebody say that? Um, you know, I, I, I hear that phrase, what would Jesus do? Everybody is like, oh, what would Jesus do? This is such a, like, a popular, fancy 
phrase, right? It's everywhere and like on a lot of bumper stickers and on bumpers and stuff like that. But I was like, so many times we get into a situation and we're like, what would Jesus do? I'll be honest with you. Like if I get like angry or upset or if I get really, really sad or whatever, feelings overtake me and I'm like, well, what would Jesus do? And I can't figure out what he would do because I know what I would do and, and I have like, you know, tons of options that I would do, but, but I don't know what Jesus would do because you know what the problem is? It's like I need to know what he meant, what he was thinking first to understand what he would do. So that's what I want us to do today is to understand what he meant. And for that, I think we really need to understand who he is first and and I, I i started looking you know do do you have like sometimes do you notice that you sit and think about something and you you know you run through some people's comments or some statements that people do and you like i know i feel like i almost like want to throw up you know like i feel like i'm nauseous you know i feel like i'm i'm about to throw up because um i mean i don't know like even though it's thoughts they, it affects me physically sometimes and so i was like Today's Jesus, you know, like how he's being described. And I just, you know, jotted down a few a few things and I wanted to just to get, you know, just to for comparison. Current Jesus that we hear about today from a lot of people and you know, Christians, right? You know, he's um, you know, I heard some people say the dude is a king, you know, but only in a good kind of way. And I was like, like what do you mean in a good kind of way? A king in a good kind of way. I mean, that means that he's doing good to you, right? But the king didn't only have the ability to do good to you. The Bible says that, you know, don't, you know, don't raise your, don't, don't be prideful against God and against the king because you don't know what kind of calamities those two can bring, right? Because the king can just go and wipe out a city if he doesn't like how they talk about him or something else. So king, and I'm not talking about a president. I'm talking about a king, and then, you know, some other people say he can do whatever. Like, this is, a, a, you know, a newer form of kind of humility and true worship of God. He can do whatever he wants to do to us, you know, given that it can be described as good or even better, right? He can do whatever he wants to do to us, but it has to be good. And, and, but usually he does awesome and great things to us. You know, he just, he blesses us. He wants us to be, to be blessed and prosperous and to get married and get cars and houses and be healthy and, 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 you know, to always have our say and to, you know, to just, you know, to, you know, just to, just to be A plus. Always great. Then I listen to some people and I, and I think to myself, you know, like if, if, if that's, all Jesus really is like if I take their words and I build my you know understanding of Jesus then it's you know to me it seems like he was confused that Jesus was like he was talking to people in um, in parables when you know so that they wouldn't understand when he really wanted them to understand it and then he would tell them straight things you know things directly but in reality he was speaking figuratively right it's not exactly what he meant so so I mean it's like I don't know if you know, it looks like Jesus had grammar problems or he didn't know how to write things or say things because, you know, he says, he uses parables when he wants to explain everything. And then when he, you know, says something straight, you know, he says it figuratively. It's not people to understand him. And another, another one is, 
you know, Jesus pretty much fits all religions. You know, he's, he's the God of every religion, of Islam and of Buddha. And, you know, he is like, he's the God in all of those religions. And all those religions really seek him. And, you know, we just like him in Christianity. We just like him to contain within Christianity because after all, we're all Christians, right? And it's like, and the list of that, of that stuff goes on and on and on. The way people describe him, it's, it's, it's just amazing. And it, I like that they, they portrait him like you see Jesus, you know, holding people on his you know, knees. And then he's playing with people. And then he has a lamb in his hands. And, and then Jesus has a baby and, you know, other, all other things. But, I mean, you start reading the Bible, it's, it's brutal and violent. I, I, I'll be honest. Like real Jesus, right? And that my next section is real Jesus. So few, few things from the Bible. How they describe God. Revelation 1, 12, 18. That's our, I mean, keep that mind of the lamb and Jesus playing with kids and all that stuff. And now let's read this. It says, when John heard, heard Jesus, he turns around and he, he sees this. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. So, all okay so far. His head and hair were like white wool, as white as snow. His eyes like a flame of fire. I was thinking, well, that's interesting. That's not that Jesus that, you know, that we described that he always glides, you know, says, pats us on our head and our back, says, good job. And so, eyes like flames of fire. So I was thinking about when he looks at us with those flames, I mean, what's going to stand? I mean, who's going to melt? I mean, what's going to melt, right? Then it goes, his feet were like fine brass. That's definitely not something that, you know, it's so gentle and soft. As refined in the furnace and his voice as the sound of many waters. And, you know, I talked to some people about this verse, and they say, oh, yeah, it's like the, you know, like little creeks, you know, when you listen, and, you know, you want to fall asleep. I was like, I think sound of many waters is not a creek. It's more like a waterfall. I don't know if you like guys went to Slacomi Falls. It's pretty loud. You get pretty close, pretty loud, hard to talk. He had in his right hand seven stars. And that's, I love this one. Seven stars. I mean, we know how big stars are, right? I mean, who can hold a star? I don't know any of us who can hold a star, but, you know, he has seven of them in his hand. He can't even reach them. We don't even know if they're there by the time we'll get there, right? Because there's so much we don't know. And now this one, I love this one. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. So I'm thinking, like, you look at the sun, and it's already blinding, right? And John says, it's as, as like like sun shining in its strength. So he goes, this is like the sun, but it's even brighter than that. It's like it's at its peak. And then, and then think about Jesus, the same Jesus that holds kids, you know, he plays with kids and, you know, he says all those good things. And, and then he, it's the same guy who has a sword coming out of his mouth. I mean, just try to imagine that, right? I mean, does anybody picture that right now? Seriously, does anybody... Anybody, I mean, like, you see Jesus, it's like he holds his hands like this, right? I don't know what, you know, how, how that's done. But it, even that guy, 
I'm like, like that? Okay, like, okay. I didn't practice that one, but, but it's like, you know, he's the softest guy, the coolest guy to be around, you know, even so soft that some people don't even want to have anything to do with him. But this Jesus, I haven't seen a single, um, you know, like Orthodox churches, they have iconic, icons. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen a single one that has Jesus with, you know, sword coming out of his mouth at the same time as, as, the same time as he has flames, you know, eyes of flame, like flames of fire, and he holds seven stars in his hand, and nobody knows how to scale that. I mean, it, you, you think you try to scale the stars into his hand, or you try to scale him up, to, to be able to hold seven stars, something doesn't play out right, right there. It says, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. All that didn't make him smile right away, right? Or, or feel so, oh, Jesus, I feel so fine and appreciated. But he said, but he led he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hate and of death. So that's, you know, that's a pretty good description of Jesus, right? And then I want to go through a few more. Um, Isaiah, you know, in Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. I'm not going to go there, but, but, but um, Isaiah fell on the ground, a prophet, right? He, he says, woe to me. It's like, I am undone. That's it, done. He saw, he saw God. Psalm 18, just a few verses out of there. Verse 7, it says that the earth shook because he was angry. You know, it's something God didn't even do anything. And the earth shook. Out of his mouth comes a devouring fire. And he rides a cherub, right? That one of those angels that you think of them and you think like if they have eyes in all of those places, how do you, I mean, how do they not even, you know, how do they even survive, right? You just think and they have faces, like four faces, and it's just crazy you listen to it. And he rides one of those. Okay, I can't ride a horse. I try to ride a horse a few times. That that thing has power. Okay, <laughs> and you, you you try to mount the carob. I don't know. It says uh, his voice is like hailstones and coals of fire. That doesn't go along very well with you know the sound of creek, you know, and this coming waters. It says the foundations of the earth are uncovered at his rebuke. You know how I thought about it when I was thinking about it? It's like God says, if I would rebuke this earth, the whole foundation, the system of this world, the values, priorities, it would just come, it would just go crumbling down. That's it. If I would just say a word, if I, when I'll say a word, it will be undone. This earth will be undone. And another description of God, Exodus thirty-three twenty, he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. Oh, that's great, right? How uh, God is so great. He just does, he doesn't want anybody to see him because we can't even handle that. Exodus twenty eleven. Now that one, I mean, we read it, and especially when I read it to kids, and it's like, ha, 
makes sense, right? But then I think about it. God created this whole earth in six days. Okay? So it, I mean, that's including mankind or man, right? And, and it's a man of two different genders. We have two genders, and we're getting confused in those two, right? And, and he, he created those two genders, right? He, he created them. He set the boundaries for them. He figured that out. And, and, and it, was, it was God who, who, who separated, separated the waters, made the earth come through, created all those crazy, you know, animals that you think about them, and just there's no end. And we don't even know how much there is in the, in the ocean that we don't even have any idea about. And then you look and study. I looked with kids, and I didn't know who was more surprised that, you know, it's like this animal does this, and this animal does this. And, you know, polar bear really has, you know, transparent hair not white hair, okay, and I was like, wow, that's interesting, and I was like, I was sitting there, I was learning everything with kids, and I was like, and we are thinking we're smart, but, you know, we try to fight disease, we try to fight cancer, Ebola, HIV, all of that stuff, God has created all of those systems in one day, he knows, he knows how it works, he set the earth, and it hangs in this one spot, and, you know, somebody said, somebody said that we are going around the sun at the speed of 67,000 miles an hour. And then the earth is rotating at the speed of 1,000 miles an hour. And, and, and I'm just standing here, right? And I'm not holding anything. And I don't think this thing would hold me even if I would, if I would need it. I don't think it would hold me. But it's like, I was just thinking, when you are on the outer swing, you know, when you are like, going 1,000 miles and you're like exactly away from the sun, I wonder how much force it takes to keep me on this earth. And, I'm, and we're still staying here. And I just want to, you know, where, where Jesus stands in all of this. In Numbers 23, 19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said... And will he not do, or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? You know, I was thinking that God is, he doesn't have any need. Like, us as humans, you know, we didn't want to pick up. Somebody was calling, you didn't want to pick up. And then they're, hey, I was calling you. You didn't see I was calling? And like, "Mm, well, really, I didn't want to pick up. You know, not because I don't like you or whatever. Maybe it wasn't the right time or whatever. I didn't want to talk to you about this certain thing. But, you know, we are inclined to lie and say, oh, I didn't see you were were calling. Sorry. Or I missed your call. Even though you saw how the person was calling, you pressed volume up so it's silent, right? And, And it's like God doesn't need to do that. He doesn't have anybody to answer to. Absolutely nobody. He doesn't have to change his mind. He doesn't have, he doesn't have the, you know, the forces that are affecting us here. You know, shame, discomfort, trying to please people. He doesn't have that. And then he says, or has he spoken? And I was thinking, has he spoken and will he not make it good? Has he said and will he not do it? Then I was, then uh, John 1, 1 came to mind where it says that the beginning was the word the Word was with God, and the Word was God, which is God, Jesus, right? And I was thinking, if, if that's His Word, if, if Jesus is His Word, then 
will he not fulfill everything that, that Jesus came to do? Will he not fulfill everything that Jesus said that will be done? All of those things, you start thinking about Jesus. Now he is not just, now he's not just the son of God. It's God's word. It's what he said. And he will make sure that what Jesus has, has done on this earth, what he said, what he required, what he, the standards that he said, that, that all of that will be in effect, that all of that we will be judged against or judged by. And look at another thing that, that Jesus said in John 8, 55. It says, Yet you have not known him, but I know him. It talks about God. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you, but I do know him and keep his word. Keep his word. So, what I want to talk about is we, we, so very often we, you know, in this world, we decide, you know, Jesus couldn't be that strict. You know, he was very figurative when he was talking about certain things, and, and, and he will understand. He will understand. And when I come to before Jesus or before God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain to him how hard of a situation I had. You know, I'm going to explain to him that I lived in, a, in this world that was very corrupt, and, and, and it was hard not to, not to lust for money. It was hard, it was hard not, to, um, not, to, you know, not to mess around. It was hard not to, it was hard to, to live holy. And, and, I, and I was thinking, you know, I, I had that mindset a long time ago, and, and now I'm thinking, okay, you come up before God, and let's say that we know that he has eyes of like flames of fire and a sword coming out of his mouth, and you start explaining to him something. I mean, how silly is that? Like when you think about it, right? How silly is it going to be to say, Jesus, I just wanted to do this for myself. I mean, I didn't know that it will be like this, right? You're not going to be able to talk. I don't think we'll be able to talk. And I was thinking. You know, when, when Jesus, when it talks about Jesus, uh, get, you know, everybody get, get, gets in front of Jesus and, um, and there are sheep and, and, and the goats, right? And, and he, I just, I just love that Russian word, kazol, <laughs> kaza, you know? It's like, I was like, I was thinking, okay, you know, and, and so he says, you know, all of these goats, they go into eternal fire and, you know, away with them. But his, but, but wait, but what to that kajol, Ramil, you pull him out because he lived in a really hard situation, you know. It's like you put him with the sheep, you know, that's fine, right? And, and I was thinking, what's the likelihood of that happening? I don't think it's, I don't think it's big. And Matthew eleven six says, Blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Right? And Russian says, who is not tempted, who is not, who doesn't, who doesn't get, you know, who doesn't get offended, right? And what happens when you get offended? You know what happens? Say, that's it, I'm done. And you walk away. That's, that's usually, that's the reaction. Either in your heart, in your thoughts, in your feelings, you say, I'm offended. I'm not going to talk to you. And, you know, I was just thinking that, that one movie or one scene that's being replayed more than any 
bestseller ever did was that same thing that happened in the Garden of Eden. When Satan comes and he says, did he really say so? Was it really so? And you see that everywhere right now. See how 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 devil tries to go to to guys and to Christian guys and say, hey, you know what? I mean, those dirty movies, it's okay. I mean, God understands. I mean, it's like, don't beat yourself up for that because, you know, I mean, it's like you don't do it all the time. You know, it's like it's once in a while. And he comes up to girls, to Christian girls, and he says, you know what? You know, it's okay that you want to just, you just want to build your family. You want to get married. That's fine. You don't have to find God's perfect will. What? God tell you not to ever get married? No, that can't be. Right? Or you want to go get certain, a certain job or a certain career. And, you know, God will understand that everybody around you was building careers, getting jobs, studying and whatever. And, and, and they just want to live for themselves a little bit. So, he will understand it. Right? Who's, I mean, whose voice is that? Doesn't sound like God. Doesn't sound like somebody whose eyes are like, you know, are like flames of fire or who has a double-edged sword coming out of his mouth or who, who has the stars in his hand, right? Who, somebody who, who, it says, the Bible says that the God, God breathes out stars. I mean, you think about the scales that he's dealing with. He is not gonna, he's not gonna sit down and nitpick with us. Oh, he did this thing because he did this and this and this. And oh, I mean, if you weigh the circumstances, then it actually makes sense. And, you know, we can use this chapter of this law to, to, um, you know, to, um, to justify him. I, I mean, if you talk about justification, there's the cross, right? It, it, it made us whole with God. It rebuilt our relationship. It, that's where our sins went. I mean, it, it's not like our sins disappeared, right? It's not like our mistakes disappeared. They went on the cross. Somebody has taken them. That's why Christ is in the middle. If we would be straight with God, we wouldn't be, probably. Just like all the people that were with Noah, right? They were all dead. And another thing, nobody likes talking about all the people dying with Noah, right? I, I heard somebody say, you know, they never draw, you know, they always draw this ark and a giraffe and something else coming out of the, the ark, right? But they never, ever show millions of bodies floating on the surface of the water, right? <laughs> the skeletons. I, when Noah got out of the ark, I... I wonder if there was like skeletons all over the place and he's like tripping. Oh, that was a skeleton stopping in a rib cage, right? I mean, that's how it was probably. It wasn't all, it, it's, I mean, we think we like to pick out the best stuff. I mean, even when we eat food, right? We try to get the best stuff. I, I don't know, like when I eat, when I have broccoli in my plate, I eat them first, not because I like them, yeah, because I want to, be done with them as soon as I can because I know I need to eat them. But like we like we like to, you know, focus on the good stuff. On the good stuff to ourselves. But one thing we don't realize is we are talking about what? I mean I, I wanna you know this crazy idea. Like you like when do people really start like living this life? Like seriously twenty? Like when you get things in place and you figure out who you are and why you are and I'm not saying about with God, right? But like when you really start 
doing, making your own choices and stuff like that, it's probably around 20 years. I mean, being honest, right? And when do you really, like, stop caring that much about things and, and career and stuff like that? On average, probably around 60 years, right? I figured, not to offend anybody, but it's like, at 60, you are really thinking about the end at that point. You're really thinking that, I mean, you're way closer to the ending than you are to the beginning, right? At 20, you're really close to the beginning, so all you're thinking about is the beginnings. But, you know, from 20 to 60 is only 40 years. And God started talking to me about that 40 years. Like, I was thinking, I probably have, like, around 40 years or so. Like, if I live up to 68, then past that point, I'm going to be thinking, okay, is it this year? And Marina and I decided that it will be the same year that we will live this earth. So, you know, so we, we are, so we, we are like, you know, is it after 60, how much are you really going to be thinking about undertaking things that you like, right? It's going to be those 40 years or so. And then once they are over, it's going to be, you know, 40 years one, 40 years two, 40 years three, 40 years four. 40 years, five, and it's going to go on and on and on and on, and where that's going to go, how that's going to go. I'm not saying, I'm not even talking about heaven and hell. I'm talking about when you are in heaven, how you want those many, 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 many lives, if you compare that, right? Then, like, your life here multiplied by eternity. How do you want to be there? And so, well, now I want to go through some things that, that Jesus talked about. And I want to see how do they really, like if you think, if you put away, if you understand that it's only 40 years that we have here, each one of us, like, and then they're going to go by very fast. And by the end, that by the time they're done, it's like, it's you know, it's like, to me sometimes, like when I really struggled with not being able to not eat sweets, right, I was like, I want this donut or something or this piece of cake and whatever and it's it's so great at the very beginning it's just amazing at the very beginning but at the end you're like i didn't have to eat this i mean it doesn't even that not that good right that's how life is or can be and if we put away this mentality that we're going to be here forever so we are we're here temporarily really and and we know that we take things differently we always like to take the you know focus on the good stuff if we go through what jesus is saying i wonder what i know how that makes us feel how about you know certain commandments right there's tons of them tons of things that jesus said but how about love your enemies this one is 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 you know is biased you you cannot hear a truthful opinion in that one so Yes, love your enemies, but these people, they are like the devil. They, you know, they don't even belong on this earth. So I don't have, the Bible says that have nothing to do with such people, right? But it said, love your enemies. When Stephen was stoned to death, he said, forgive them, Lord. Forgive them. When Jesus was dying on the cross, he said, forgive them. I mean, they were like, they were of the devil probably I don't think we have ever met anybody like that or anybody who would do that to us and the reason I'm talking about it I'm just wondering how many like right now I mean I know we live in America everything's so nice here and you know 
and we complain about the rain and some some other things and the coffee being wrong and but it's like you think you bring guys I'm serious like I know nobody wants to talk about it, but if you bring ISIS here let's say or if you are placed there and 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 you see Christians dying left and right left and right love your enemies I'm I'm serious I'm asking myself those questions love my enemies you mean love those people forgive them I'm not saying not not fight or not trying to defend I'm not saying those things but it's like like I mean love those people how can you love those and we struggle to forgive our you know brothers and sisters that don't that don't you know didn't say hi to us or they didn't call us or didn't text us or they said hi to this guy and spent he you know oh Andre you went and talked to Dennis for an hour you didn't even hug me today and I can't forgive you right that's that but that's how it gets sometimes that's how it gets how about cannot serve both God and money Matthew 6 24 how well you know my heart is right so I have no problem with money and they have no problem with me you know we're pretty good and both of us worship God you know it's all fine but that's a hard one right it's it's what does it mean not to serve money and not to serve God I mean you can't serve both at the same time it it is so very often that Christians are serving money and they're not serving God, but they're Christians, and they're going to church. And, and it's so hard for God to tell them, hey, give away this. How about sell all of your possession and give it away to the poor and come follow me? Well, Jesus, if I'd follow you in a Ferrari, <laughs> that's a good, you know, yeah, that's a good deal. I, I'm in. But just come follow you without anything behind me? I mean, that's what we don't want to live like. We don't want to... To step on the water. That's what, it, that's what God is calling us. He says, sell it. In your heart, sell it. Even if you have something, sell it. In your heart, get rid of it. Disconnect, detach, and come follow me. And then, you know, I was thinking, um, is it called the Heavenly Father Prayer, right? Uh, in Matthew 6, Heavenly Lord's Prayer? Lord's Prayer, okay. So you see Russian is popping up. <laughs> But it's like you certain things that, that, that we say, you know, like especially ask for daily bread. You know, give us our daily bread, right? And then and it's like, well, God, I don't feel that comfortable having bread only for today. Right? But that's how Jesus was praying. That's how he was praying. That's how he was teaching us to pray. He said, give us our daily bread. I mean, do I want to? I'll, I'll be honest. I, it's not comfortable for me to say, hey, if I have enough money for today, then God answered my prayer. I mean, how many of us will be okay to know that we're covered for today, but tomorrow morning, like if you would pay your rent daily and if you would buy everything daily, right? How many of us would be praising God if 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 you would be told, hey, today you have a place to live in, and you have food to eat, but tomorrow, 
you'll need to trust God just as much. I'm, I'm asking all of those questions. And then there's in Matthew 6, 12, it says, forgive us as we forgive, right? So God, just as I forgive, forgive me the same way. How, how many of us would dare to say that? I don't know. Maybe some of us would, maybe not. But I'm just saying that those are the things that God said. And it's the God that, the God that, that we are not going to argue with about things. I mean, are we, can we say that? Uh, what, about forgiving, what about forgiving 70 times 7 others? You know, at least that. <laughs> that's, that's for Peter, special case, right? He always had like, okay, how many times? Can you show me, please? I mean, it's like, what do you mean uh, 70 times, you know, 7 times 70? How about forgive somebody 470 times? Uh, I, I mean, I'll be honest, like, with kids, it's hard to forgive them 20 times. It's like, you, you, I'm like, you too, I mean, our kids are great, but it's like certain things they just keep doing and doing and doing and doing. And it's like, I thought you understood this. But how do you forgive? I mean, do you forgive like that for 170 times so you really just lost count how many times you are forgiven? I don't know. I'm, I'm asking myself those same questions. How I entered through the small gate, narrow way, right? It's, it's, it says that the, the road that everybody's traveling is leading you to hell. And, and you need to be on this narrow path that's inconvenient, and then it leads to a small gate, right? So you are on this narrow path your whole life. You balance through. You try to you know, make your steps carefully while people on the other side are sprinting and running and doing whatever they want to. But you've been so careful, crawling like a turtle, got to it, and then it's the small gate. You don't even know if you'll fit, right? It's like, how small is it? I mean, do I... Am I just wasting my time? I'm going to get to it and won't fit. And it's like, what do I do? To be honest, if I would know that Jesus say small gate, and I would be walking that narrow path, by judging what he means narrow, I'll probably understand what small means too, you know, kind of proportions. So I'll probably try to, you know, make sure that I am as small as I can, whatever. You know, cut hair, cut nails, whatever I can, right? Just fit in somehow. I wouldn't, I would, I probably wouldn't, wouldn't bother being six foot tall. I'd probably be four, nine, yes. Whatever, whatever my height is, the smaller the better. And then he tells us, don't fear those who can kill your buddy, right? Your, your, this physical buddy. Don't be afraid of those. Now that's easily said. I mean, you can easily say that, but how about, how about, you know, we, Christians are really persecuted, and, and he tells you not to be afraid. It's not, even, it's not even not denying Christ. It's not even being afraid. And he wants, he gives us a commandment not to be afraid of those who can kill our body. It's to live in this world. See, the problem is that sometimes we say, well, he said, don't be afraid of those who can kill your body. But in reality, it means... You know, just don't have those feelings. Don't have the feeling of fear. You know, Revelations chapter 20 says that, or 22 says, that the perfect 
Perfect love casts out all fear, and that's what it, he meant. You know. But, I mean, why go that deep when, when all he says is, don't be afraid of those people that can take your life here on this earth. Don't live. What, what that means on the other side is that you need to fully trust God. Right? Do we have that? And, and the problem is that when we create this God that's all nice and, and, you know, and fuzzy and soft, at that Jesus, I can't really trust him that much, you know. I, I mean, he, he's very good. He's very nice. But if, if I would be thinking of not being afraid, I'd rather have somebody who has eyes like flames of fire and he has a double-edged sword coming out of his mouth and, and he weighs the earth. I mean, I would rather have somebody like that back me up. And that's what, that's what the world does right now. I think that's what Christianity, I'm not talking about everybody, but I'm just saying that in a majority, I think, this is what they're doing. They are making this God small, so small on judgment and so great in love and mercy. You know? And I think he's great in both. That's all I'm saying. That he's big, he's great, enormous, out of proportion. He loves us and has mercy on us and is graceful. But at the same time, he said that what he said, he's not going to cancel that for us. He's not, he's gonna, not going to cherry pick those, those goats and say, hey, come on over because I like you. Or because in your mind, you really had, you really had this right understanding. Your willpower got you to move over from this one to this one. I heard Francis Chen make a really interesting statement. I mean, it's funny, but it, it, it really tells you how foolish we get sometimes in our thoughts. And, and he, goes, he goes, imagine two people c- came and, you know, were at my, one of my sermons, and then they walk out, and one guy says, hey, Francis Chen is, is seven feet tall black guy, you know, big, strong guy. And then the other guy says, no, 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 no. Francis Chen is like five feet, you know, small white guy. And, and somebody else comes up and says, Hey, guys, if you really believe this, both of you are right, you know? It's all all right, right? It's nonsense, right? But that's what we're doing with God right now. Hey, if you believe that he can forgive your this sin, you know, yeah, if, if you believe that he can forgive, not obeying his command, not giving tithe, or not, not, not being sacrificial, not loving, not forgiving, yeah, if you believe that, that's all that matters. But then what that, that makes ourselves our God. And I can't protect myself. None of you can protect yourself. I, I don't want to. I don't want to have that type of backup. And then Jesus says, "No one can come to to God unless it is through Him." Right? Well, Jesus, you understand? We're really big on diversity here in this country, and I can't really. I mean, like, if it would be in a different country, yeah. But that here today. I can get fired for one. You know, I can not be liked by my other people that believe in different religions. I don't want that. And but who, I don't know of anyone who doesn't care about that. Probably all, probably all somewhere, a falter, we have this, what are they going to think about me? And then we maybe, I don't know, I've been praying to God. I was like, God, if I chicken out of those, if I would chicken out of those situations in the force me to even to say to you know to get to a point where I either say it the way it should be 
or or I just have to deny it. So I would have to make the choice very clear because the problem is when you when you don't put it that clear in your mind, when you don't force yourself to that, it's very easy to slip away and just and make make an excuse and make God small in this one area. And then you go, hey, you know, if I if I made an exception here in this area, then why not not, not why not go ahead and make God small everywhere else where I need him to? And Luke 9.23 says, want to come after Jesus? It says, deny yourself first. That's before you can take up your cross. Right? Deny yourself. Just reject what you want, what you feel, what you believe, what you desire. You want, okay, how about this one? You want to save your life? Lose it. It doesn't make any sense, but that's what Jesus said. It does make sense. How about this one? Not worth of Jesus if you love your parents or children more than him. Some people say Jesus could not be that selfish. You know, he cares for all people. He wants us to love everybody. And, but he said that. He said those very words. And now, you know, that's a good one. You will be persecuted. Right? That's Jesus' promises to us because he loves us so much, man. I just feel his love, you know, right now, right here. And then he tells us that's not enough. You know, guys, be thankful when you're persecuted, okay? Because that's a great gift. And then he says, you know, I, he didn't come to bring peace, but he came to bring a sword. All right, and then he, he wishes the fire would be kindled already. And then he tells you, hey, your right hand makes you sin? Pull it out. And then I start thinking about, you know, we say, well, Jesus was figurative about it. I start questioning that, to be honest. I'm wondering if your right hand makes you, makes you sin, maybe. Uh, don't, guys, don't go crazy, okay? <laughs> but don't help each other. But I'm like, you know, it's like if, if something makes you sin, if something pulls you away from God, if it's a job, a career, a dream, a plan, and maybe pull it out. Just just, just get rid of it, whatever that is. And what I want to do, you know, what I want to say as a conclusion is, whether we want to or not, we will come to this realization. I mean, this is what I was saying. This, I mean, I had like 30, 40 passages that I told you, the, the, you know, the verses to all of those, right? But it's like you, there's many, many, many more. I mean, I just chose those that I could find. And there's so many things that, 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 that the Bible says. And then you go into the, to the epistles, and it's like it's even worse. It's like those apostles, they just take it to the extreme, like Jesus told them that you'll do greater things than I did, and they do. And they just go and describe it to the very detail. And they say things that, wow, you just, you just think, who can understand this? Who can accept it? Isaiah 45, 23 says, I have sworn by myself. The word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return. That to me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall take an oath. 
I don't know. I mean, if you think about 40 years, maybe 50, if if you eat gluten-free and stuff like that, I don't know. If God doesn't come before that, right? It's miserable compared to what we are about to enter into. It's like it's like walking over a threshold, getting into the house. It's like, hey, I want to, I want to enjoy this threshold. Okay, wait, the house don't care about. If it would be just the door, threshold, me and threshold, that's it. That's all I want, right? It's, I mean, it's nuts. Hey, guys, we get like that. We do become like that. We start fighting over, over. I'm just gonna say it, over dating. We start fighting over over careers and want to do it my way. I want to do this. I don't want to do that. And why do everybody? Everybody has to do this. That's how we get. I'm sorry, but that's how we get. Sometimes it's easy for us to get that way. But in the end, it says that every knee will bow down before him. So that everybody will, will, will take an oath. Everybody. There will be no, I mean, you won't argue your way out. There will be no Supreme Court to appeal, no international courts, none of that. Because all of that is going to crumble as soon as he really makes, as soon as he shines his light. You know, it's like when you walk in the darkness, like you think, oh, this thing can be that. And I think the door is this way. And okay, and what's something here on the floor? Okay, I'm going to get my way out. But the lights are on and you're like, oh, I was facing the window, you know, or something like that. You're like completely in the wrong direction, right? That's, I mean, we walk. It says that we, we see as in the mirror, like we see the par- a part of it only. We don't see the whole thing yet. And I know that. I mean, un- un- unfortunately, I think somebody will walk out of here and they will spend their 40 years living for themselves and and maybe God will turn them to themselves, maybe not. Somebody maybe live 20 years and and then go and do whatever they want. Somebody does a year. Somebody just, you know, I don't know. I mean, there, if you just think about it, I don't want it to be like that. I want it to be all of it. All of it. I want all, every single day of our lives to to be meaningful to God. I want, I want a Christianity that, that makes sense to live for not just to die for, but to even live for. You know, every day when you wake up, you're like, you know, God, I see your mercies. I see that you are here. I see that, 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 that there's a purpose. Because I, honestly, if, I'll be honest, like Paul said in, 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 Paul says in the Bible, it's like, if we only rely on God, if we only trust in him and, and do all of this, and we circumcise ourselves, and we just sacrifice, and we limit ourselves, if we only do it for this life, and we're to be pitted among, among above all men. I mean, it's stupid. Honest. I mean, it's, it doesn't make any sense to doesn't make any sense to do all of this if it's only for this life. Doesn't make any sense. And I, and I don't. I wouldn't even try to to have you think that way. But if you if you if you look past that threshold into the house and you see what's what's there, what's what's you know the warmth and the acceptance and the and the protection and you know just being in you know with that host with, with God he wants you to be he wants you to live with him then that threshold makes absolutely no sense he will just you, you'll do whatever you know you do whatever you wipe your feet whatever I just need to get through it 
I mean, that's, that's our life. And when you look at it, then you start understanding Jesus was pretty literal about all of those things that he said. And he was pretty serious. And, 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 and John the Baptist was saying, you know, if you have two, you know, two sets of clothes and, you know, your brother doesn't have one, then give it to him. So, I mean, what are we going to do with it? I, you know, I, I almost want to say, well, let's, I mean, let's not take it that crazy, but maybe let's take it that crazy. I don't know. I, I don't know. Will we? Will we be able to? Will we dare to? But I just think that that's, that's, that's where God is. That's how he is. And, and when he lived here on this earth, he showed, I mean, he didn't have a place to stay. He didn't have mules. And, I mean, he had to borrow a guy's donkey to get into the city, right, to fulfill the prophecy. If we would be in that position, we would be, God, I'm your son. I'm fulfilling your prophecy. Why don't you, you know, provide everything for me and do this and that? Well, I don't know. I'm just saying that, that there is a bigger life to live for. There is there's something better to strive for. And, and, and we'll go back today, I think. We'll go back home and things will point us in a different direction and things will pull us in a different direction. What are we going to do with it? I mean, there will always be... There was always, always be this, this new career, this new car, this new phone, clothes, a guy, a girl. I don't know. There will be a house to attain to. There will be a different climate to live in. There will always be something else. There will always be something else. But all that's trying to do is to pull us away from God, to, to take our attention away from what matters so that in our futility, we just end up wasting our years. That if devil, I mean, devil hates us to wake up and to come to Christ. When we do, he's like, okay, I lost this one, but but at least don't bring any fruit. Don't do anything good. Don't don't develop your relationship with God. At least that I'm gonna try to do that as much as I can. And our whole life, that's what he's doing. He's pressing and pressing and pressing so that we wouldn't we wouldn't live it out the way God. God wants us to live out. So let's stand up. I don't know. You know, I it's it's the Bible. It's God's presence. Let's close our eyes and let's turn off the lights. But it's no. I know God was talking to us. I know God was God was talking to every single one of us individually. That's where He's big in love. That's where He's crazy in mercy and in grace. That's where He. That's where it doesn't make sense why He does it. But He's. I'm sure. He talked to us. I'm sure he had something for us, for every single one of us. But it's like, what are we going to do with that? I'm asking myself that question. What am I going to do with that? What am I going to do with that? How am I going to live? How much am I going to be like Peter who will walk out on that water, but then I'll get scared or unsure and I'll start drowning? I don't want to be like that. Will I be like Saul who will, who will become a king or who will become somebody and, and then he will appreciate that somebody more than God, more than the one who made him that somebody. God, this is our question, God, to you. How?